0: This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp.
1: And for the second show in a row, we come to you from Clearwater, Florida, where the Bulls are in good shape in the American Athletic Conference Baseball Tournament. This wacky tournament that has seen on day 1 the bottom 3 teams all win meaning the top 3 teams all lost and now the bottom 2 teams two teams that had the worst record by winning percentage in their schools baseball histories yep they're the two teams that are 2 and 0 the bulls on Thursday run-rolling the UCF Knights 15 to 4 and believe it or not Tulane run-rolling Memphis later on we'll end the show with some of the highlights from the other games but we'll give you plenty of highlights as called by yours truly and jim lauk here in this half hour show we will also hear from billy mole had a chance to sit down with him at the team hotel here in clearwater actually on the beach we were not on the beach that would have been a little bit of a walk not much of a walk though i think i'm going to be taking that walk after we tape the show anyway you're going to hear from the head coach here in our second segment we'll give you some highlights here in the first and oh yeah there were definitely some highlights. So the Bulls had, if you missed Wednesday's show, I know we had some technical issues with the stream. Turned out that the wireless picked a bad time to go down in the hotel, and I just couldn't post the show. So we did it on our Unlimited Unloaded page. If you don't know about that, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, just type USF and you'll see. Bulls Unlimited Unloaded. It's where we unload the shows after they air. In this case, it's where we actually aired the show. And that's all of the highlights that you care to get from the East Carolina game on there. And they provided earlier highlights, which was much appreciated and very welcomed and led to some interesting moments actually at the end of the game as it sped along. So those are coming up here shortly. Also, Definitely want to let you know about what's going on with track and field. We'll do that in our second segment as their season is coming to an end. And some new names added to the rosters of football and basketball and some other teams as well. Interesting name on the softball side that you might not have heard about. You're about to hear about it in our second block. So the Bulls win it 15-4, and that makes it sound like it was an easy win. Funny enough, during so many games this season, the Bulls would end up getting blown out. And it was not that way, but for some stuff that happened in the middle, and then one big inning, and then all of a sudden, looks like the Bulls were never in it. And if you've been listening to this show, you know that that's not some made-up thing. Now, were there some games where they were out of it early? Yeah, but really, just a few. In this game, it certainly was anybody's contest. UCF had its its Friday Night starter, Rudy Gomez, ready for this one. He was set to go last Friday against Wichita State, but... Rain came after one inning, one batter, actually, and so he was burnt for last weekend. I guess he could have pitched, but didn't, and they chose to go ahead and hold him for conference. Well, they pitched Cameron Lighter in their first game, and he's the guy with the best arm on the team. In fact, he's got a pro arm, and Lighter, yes, his family is the Lighter family, and he's going to be a pro pitcher almost certainly, but control has been his thing, so I think they wanted to pitch him against a maybe a little low-risk situation as compared to holding him for potentially East Carolina, and he shone against Cincinnati. Seven shutout innings. It was actually their best back bullpen arms that gave up three runs, allowed Cincinnati to tie it, only for Andrew Brait to walk it off with a homer in the bottom of the ninth, the Knights won 4-3. to three. By the way, Andrew Brait, who in his first three seasons, although he was basically out all last year with an injury, had zero homers and had one career homer until Last weekend, and now he's got two, and by the way, in this game, he almost let it off with a homer because the wind, fortunately, was blowing in some stuff that UCF would have hit out against the Bulls or any other team as they have more than 100 homers. They are 10th in the country with 108, was staying in the park on this day, so that was one of the little things, but it became a big thing favoring the Bulls. And the Bulls' bats continue to keep it going. Whereas UCF was going with Gomez, the Bulls were going with Lawson Gailey because essentially their true three-man rotation, at least as it stands, if everything's going well, that would be Jack Siebert, Hunter Mink, and Ethan Boogie Brown. They all pitched against East Carolina. You're going to hear what Billy Moll had to say about that here in our second block. In this game, it was the freshman Lawson Gailey who has been the Tuesday starter for the most part, has recently gotten some weekend starts after Brown was injured, and in this game, the plan was for him and Austin Grouse to give them a combined six innings, and if possible, basically three innings each. Gailey was throwing strikes, UCF was getting out, there was a one-out walk in the first inning, but nothing to it the Bulls did strand two runners in each of their first three innings although it was a gift opportunity in the first inning should have been one two three for Gomez and that did run up his pitch count more on him in a second as Drew Brutcher they had him shifted and the shortstop Drew Faroe, who does have now 17 errors caught it as a second baseman and we know now That he would not be a good second baseman because he airmailed the throw. And then Raphael Betancourt, one of the many Bulls who's been incredible this week. The first of his four hits before Joaquin Moncay flies out. Two-out walk, nothing to it for UCF in the bottom half of the inning. Then in the top half, Ben Rosenblum, who has simply been amazing. Ben Rosenblum, who, of course, you knew would be a big factor in the Bulls postseason. No, you didn't. Ben Rosenblum. Wait till you hear what Coach... Says about the really one of the team leaders, he just hasn't had the production. He had only one hit in all of conference play, and until given a chance at a start last week, had not started a game in well over a month. But now he has started a handful in a row, and he started this rally with this single the other way. Then Jackson Mayo beat out a potential double play ball, and sure enough, stole second base. And this is something that we would not have thought of for much of the course of the year, but. If you were listening to the broadcast, you heard me call it, and that allowed for the Bulls to score.
0: Mayo with second, two outs, three and two on Sankovic. Up the middle, that's going to get into center field for a base hit. Here comes Mayo. The throw will not be in time. It's one to nothing South Florida. Has Sank ever come to the party over the last few games? It's
1: almost like he's dialed it up. In the postseason and nothing spectacular, just solid and man, that's all you need sometimes.
0: Boy, that's what you want in tournaments like this. Two out base hits.
1: The top of the order has been the run producers for the Bulls all year long. What has happened in the last month or so, guys like Joaquin Monkey, middle of the order towards the bottom, have started to produce and without Daniel Cantu any longer due to his injury that has him out for the rest of the year, you've had to have other people. Namely, Jackson Mayo, Marcus Prodell at the bottom of the order. Then you add Ben Rosenbloom and yes, Travis Sankovic. He's been in the lineup all year long, but he had seen his production dip to the point where he had a string of games where he went 0 for 5 in three straight games. A five-game hitless streak where he saw what had been basically around 300 average all year long get to as low as 238. That's where it sat before Clearwater. But in back-to-back games, five hits... Four RBI, two RBI in each of the two tournament games. He had two multi RBI games all year long, and the last one was in the middle of March in Long Beach. Yes, that's the kind of thing that's happening. Talking about stuff that hasn't happened in a while. Jackson Mayo stealing a base. The Bulls only had two in this game. They had six against East Carolina, also three in a pair of games against Wichita State the previous weekend. But This team was among the very last in the country as far as steals. They had a stretch of games this year where they did not get a swipe in 15 games. They only attempted three. That was from February 25th to March the 19th. It took them until the first game in Orlando to get their sixth steal of the season and again, they had six in one game. In this case, the stolen base was the reason that they got the first run, plus the fact that Mayo was off with the pitch. So that kind of stuff is happening in the Bulls' favor. Then Lawson Gailey, what you want, a quick bottom of the second, nothing to it. Back to the third, and one of those guys that has been there really, not just in Clearwater, but the entire second half of the season once he got in the lineup.
0: Raphael Betancourt singled his first time up. Betancourt. Moves around to the right side now against the left-handed pitcher, his base hit in the first, came as a lefty. Line drive by Betancourt, that ball's hit well to left center field, it's got some carry, it's gone! Raphael Betancourt, home run number five, it's 2 to nothing, South Florida.
1: And that was not with the wind, that same wind that was taking some well-hit UCF balls, and Taking them from being homers to not, although Drew Brutcher actually did have one that got blown back into play as well. UCF, you could say, had a lot more opportunities, but that one was so well struck that it went over the left center field wall. Bulls still ended up stranding two in the inning with the help of an error, but Jackson Mayo flew out on a full count pitch, and UCF was able to get one back. In the bottom of the third as Lawson Gailey's control started to escape him. And then Andrew Sundin, who is just a tremendous slugger, lines one for a double to left field. And the Bulls, though, were able to keep it 2-1 to with runners on second and third. Nick Romano grounded out to Travis Sankovic. However, Sankovic had trouble fielding a ball with the bases loaded in the bottom of the fourth as the Knights tied it up. Austin Grouse came in after Gailey gave up a couple of singles so technically Gailey went three and a third innings he got drew Faro on a strikeout but he was flirting with the strike zone and walked jostin to load up the bases still it looked like the bulls had gotten out of it but as you'll hear they didn't however as you'll also hear following with their big slugger their school's career home run leader as of recently mr mccabe coming up the bulls i think pulled off maybe the play of the game we said how sometimes this year one little thing went against them and the other team would roll. Well, this was a potential that type of situation. This has got to be a fastball, and you've got to get it across the plate. Grouse delivers, and it's hit to Sankovic at third, and he boots the ball. Snow actually keeps it in the
0: infield. The game will be tied. Had some English on it, but it's a play you got to make under a pressure situation.
1: McCabe is a one guy they want up on the other side. Career home run leader. Lines that ball. Grouse catches it. That was good defense, as that could have been a tricky throw. McCabe has good speed if it gets by him. So I guess he'll take it, and we're back to where we started after four innings of play. Both teams have stranded six runs. Again, we start back over in the fifth. And, yeah, the Bulls started over all right. UCF's offense never restarted. Seven runs in the very next half inning for the Bulls. Runners are off. There's a fastball to the left side, and it gets through! And that is going to retake the lead for USF, though, into third, toggles away. It's 3-2. to two. The bad throw gets Brodell into second, and the Bulls come up with another big hit.
0: We've talked a lot this year about how rarely the Bulls try to steal, but one thing we have seen them do a lot in the second half of the season is start runners from first and second. They did it there, and it made all the difference. I'm not sure they would have scored there, if they hadn't jumped out and ran with the pitch.
1: Rosenbloom has been a tough out, of course, they're thinking, especially with the strikeout pitcher, Stagliano has one thing in mind. And Rosenbloom rips it up the middle. A fastball, a one-run will score. They're going to go ahead and send Brodell. It's a
0: two-run single. And the Bulls extend that lead indeed. It's 5-2. to two. Now you talk about Brodell, how about Rosenblum as well? This is a guy who needed a road map to get to home plate up until April 2nd. And all of a sudden, he's in the lineup every day, and he's doing big things for South Florida.
1: 319 hitter, strikeout pitcher in form, and it hits him. Wow, you talk about taking one for the team gladly right there. Maybe a bailout, and the Bulls. Attack on another run, it's
0: six to two. 40th RBI of the season for Bowser. and the Bulls have scored four in the inning. And that ball is lined,
1: deep to left field. Plumley gets a late start on it. It is going to bounce to the wall, and it is going to clear the base paths of Bulls. The freshman, fabulous! A three-run double, and the Bulls' lead is now nine to two. Yeah, every now and then the Bulls like to mix in some extra base hits that was kind of an important one. Amazingly, the Bulls only once this year had 19 hits in a game. That would be in the, well, it's a long story and a long time ago, but remember when they lost to VCU 25-15 to 15 after a Friday when they had seen, talk about what I was mentioning before, a 3-3 game in the 7th turn into an 18-3 loss. Yeah, they got 19 hits in that game that they lost by 10, and that was it. A season high until 18 of their 19 hits against East Carolina Tuesday were singles, and then on this day, they actually mixed in four extra base hits, three doubles along with the Betancourt home run, Snow with a three-hit day, Betancourt with a four-hit and three-RBI day, Ben Rosenbloom, three hits, three-RBI, Travis Sankovic three hits and two-RBI, and better yet, they ended it early because first off no small thing grouse was able to simply throw strikes with a seven run lead didn't walk anybody and yeah andrew Sundine flew out deep to center field but the wind kept it in then grouse actually got a couple strikeouts as ucf was already in swing freely mode and that was the first two strikeouts of the game actually grouse k3 top of the six bulls have the run rule in their mind they only get two of the three runs but Again, all the guys we've been talking about. Monke singles up the middle. Brodell actually bunts, gets him to second. He would go to third in a wild pitch, and here come these two guys again. That'll at least get a run, if it not get over the head of Plumley, and it will get it over the head of Plumley. Rosenblum, indeed, with a third hit, will cruise into second with an RBI double, and add one to that margin, it's 10 to two.
0: Where have these guys been all year? Hadn't worked out for them. And now
1: Sankovic splares it down the left field line. Big Ben is going to rumble easily around third base with the latest run for USF. It's 11-2. Well,
0: Sankovic is another guy who had really been struggling down the stretch, and he's turned it on here in the tournament.
1: I alluded to it in that one highlight. Much like they went through five East Carolina pitchers in one inning in the top of the ninth, five more UCF pitchers, they eventually, again, kind of threw in the towel because it was getting to run rule territory. And when you've got to win three games in two days, which is now what UCF and Greg Lovelady's team has to do, you either go with some rarely used guys to maybe speed up the run rule situation, or you let a guy like they did with Zach Chappelle out there for a little bit of an extended run. Then it was the Bulls getting to the run rule in the top of the seventh. Three and one. And he's swinging at that one. Like I said, sacrifice fly. Snow will tag. Bodark is actually coming in. This could be a play. Not a great throw. And not only does he slide in with the 12th run, but a bad throw gets Brutcher over to second. And Mr. Betancourt drives in his second of the day, and it's 12-2. 1-2 and two to Monke. Oh, and he smashes that ball. The wind could help in this situation. Plumley is so fast, but he's not going to get there. Brutcher had to backtrack, so Dope Dirtkak is going to give him the late turn, and this is going to be a close play. And Brutcher slides in safely. Man, oh, man. That was a, a little bit strollish, but everything is working out for the Bulls today, calling an RBI double in a 13-2 lead. Hey, some players that we hadn't seen too much lately are coming through, and I also get to invent words that we haven't used ever, like strollish. Now, what happened after that was more than just a little interesting because if throwing the towel seems like a harsh characterization of what UCF was doing, I present what happened in the bottom of the seventh with the run rule obtained and UCF needing to score twice to extend it. They pinch hit for their top four guys in the order. Tom Joston popped out, but then Matt Sienerberg singled on an 0-2 pitch. Here comes Corey Robinson in for their all-time home run leader. He has no home runs, and he doubles. And that was it for Austin Grouse. All of a sudden, it's a 10-run game, and the game-extending run is at second base. And Unfortunately, Riley Skeen just could not hit the strike zone against another rarely used pinch hitter, Brady Shannon, who had one hit all year. He walks him on four pitches. Then he walks Ryan Taylor on five. And yet another five-pitch walk, and the game continues. Fortunately, with the bases loaded and their regular guys, I can't pinch hit for everybody, coming up, Riley scheme was able to get a big strike out of John Rice Plumley because not only could it have made the run rule less attainable again, but gotten UCF back in the game because the score was 13 to four and they had the bases loaded. Fortunately, the Bulls, and this in its own, albeit different way, was more clutch hitting to get it back to an 11 run margin in the eighth. And the freshman did it.
0: One ball, one strike, runners at first and third, nobody out for the Bulls here in the eighth. Pokes it into right field, that'll be a base hit. It'll score the run bozer will go to third it's 14 to four three straight hits to start the inning little looper into shallow left field that's going to fall for a base hit bozer scores and it's 15 to four and Betancourt comes through again he's got four hits today he's got six in the tournament and
1: there's that 19th hit and again, looking for positives after we were hoping the game would have ended last inning. You've gotten to call a lot more runs all of a
0: sudden. <laughs> you bought the short
1: straw yesterday. Yeah, you had Tuesday. a all
0: yesterday, or Tuesday rather.
1: <laughs> I mean, that was no small thing, right? I mean, my stats were great. 27 runs for the Bulls in two games, and I was on the microphone for 23 of them. Because, if you didn't know, when it is a two-man booth, which it hadn't been <laughs> since last year, one day, one of us takes the first three in the last two innings, and... Then we flip it around. Well, on Tuesday, the last two innings featured all the runs, and I was on those. And then yesterday, the nine runs in the fifth, I lucked out again. But either way, it's great bringing you the games with Jim, and it's great bringing you the wins, obviously. It ended up being 15-4, to and kudos to Chandler Dorsey for going out and throwing strikes in the bottom of the eighth inning. He did give up a double, but after a walk, did get Shannon swinging to end the game. So... Billy Mole on all of it. The singles, the performances from guys like Rosenbloom and Brodell. And what's next for the Bulls? The head coach is next here on Bulls Beat. Stay tuned.